Hello, everybody, and welcome into episode number 362 of the Bible 2021 podcast. We are reading the last chapter of the Bible today, Revelation 22, and our focus is on how does the Bible end? How does the Bible finish? What happens at the end of the Bible? Well, we're a daily podcast where we read a chapter of the Word and we think about it and we discuss it and we seek to understand it. Our goal is to get you involved in daily Bible listening and obeying. And there's only four more days left in this year and three more episodes of the podcast after this one, How Time Flies. I do want to wish a happy birthday to my oldest friend, the friend I've had the longest, Bo Armistead in Alabama. Happy birthday, Bo. Well, I also want to point you to my website, which is Bible2021.com. You can contact us through that page, and every episode of the podcast has a full transcript as a blog post there. So if you miss anything, you can go back and read it, or you can search through all 362 of our past episodes. And if you want to search for the episodes last year, go to a slightly different page, BibleReadingPodcast.com. So check out Bible2021.com or BibleReadingPodcast.com. Now, this is my second straight year of doing a daily Bible podcast. And last year's episode on how the Bible ends was the single most listened to episode of the whole year, which is really interesting. I'm not sure why, but... In the two years I've been doing this, it is the second most listened to overall. And I guess that means a lot of people are quite curious about how the Bible ends, and rightly so, because it's an absolutely smashing ending, terrific in every way. How about we go ahead and read it, and then we'll talk about it. This is Revelation chapter 22, verse 1 in the Christian Standard Bible. Then he showed me the river of the water of life, clear as crystal, flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb, down the middle of the city's main street. The tree of life was on each side of the river, bearing twelve kinds of fruit, producing its fruit every month. The leaves of the tree are for healing the nations, and there will no longer be any curse. The throne of God and of the Lamb will be in the city, and his servants will worship him. They will see his face, and his name will be on their foreheads. Night will be no more. People will not need the light of a lamp or the light of the sun, because the Lord God will give them light, and they will reign forever and ever. Then he said to me, These words are faithful and true. The Lord, the God of the spirits of the prophets, has sent his angel to show his servants what must soon take place. Look, I am coming soon. Blessed is the one who keeps the words of the prophecy of this book. I, John, and the one who heard and saw these things. When I heard and saw them, I fell down to worship at the feet of the angel who had shown them to me. But he said to me, Don't do that. I am a fellow servant with you Your brothers, the prophets, and those who keep the words of this book, worship God. Then he said to me, Don't seal up the words of the prophecy of this book, because the time is near. Let the unrighteous go on in unrighteousness. Let the filthy still be filthy. Let the righteous go on in righteousness. Let the holy still be holy. Look, I am coming soon, and my reward is with me to repay each person according to his work. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. Blessed are those who wash their robes so that they may have the right to the tree of life and may enter the city by the gates. Outside are the dogs, the sorcerers, the sexually immoral, the murderers, the idolaters, and everyone who loves and practices falsehood. I, Jesus, have sent my angel to attest these things to you for the churches. I am the root and descendant of David, the bright morning star. 
Both the Spirit and the Bride say, Come, let anyone who hears say, Come. Let the one who is thirsty come. Let the one who desires take the water of life freely. I testify to everyone who hears the words of the prophecy of this book. If anyone adds to them, God will add to him the plagues that are written in this book. And if anyone takes away from the words of the book of this prophecy, God will take away his share of the tree of life and the holy city which are written about in this book. He who testifies about these things says, Yes, I am coming soon. Amen. Come, Lord Jesus. The grace of the Lord Jesus be with everyone. Amen. Wonderful. So let's break the ending of the Bible down literally first. The last word of the Bible is quite simply amen. And that is a word that means let it be or so be it. But it can also mean truly or as the King James Version puts it, verily. And we see the word amen used that way in Matthew 18.3. Jesus said, verily, I say unto you, amen, I say unto you. Except you be converted and become as little children, you will not enter into the kingdom of heaven. Well, the outline of biblical usage by Larry Pierce notes that the word amen is a most remarkable word. It was transliterated directly from the Hebrew into the Greek of the New Testament, then into Latin, and then into English and many other languages, so that it is practically a universal word. It has been called one of the best-known words in human speech. The word is directly related, almost identical to the Hebrew word for believe, which is aman, or faithful. Thus, it came to mean sure or truly, an expression of absolute trust and confidence. So, quite literally, the Bible ends with a statement affirming its truthfulness, the truthfulness of the book of Revelation, and more particularly, the truthfulness of the last full sentence of the Bible, which is a blessing, and it reads, The grace of the Lord Jesus be with everyone. And that is a beautiful blessing. And combined with the last verse of the Bible, then, the final thought of the Bible is, let it be surely or verily that the grace of the Lord Jesus would be with all or everyone. What a wonderful ending. The penultimate or second to the last verse of the Bible is also lovely. I mean, they're all lovely, but it says, He who testifies about these things says, Yes, I am coming soon. Amen. Come, Lord Jesus. Well, that's a promise from Jesus saying he will, in fact, return. And a reply from John and all who read the book of Revelation saying, Yes, truly, verily, let it be. Come soon, Jesus. And that, my friends, is quite simply how the Bible ends in its last two verses. But that, of course, doesn't cover the full final chapter of the Bible. So let's break the final chapter of the Bible down and analyze it. And I see five major things in this chapter that we should discuss. Number one, the eternal dwelling for the people of God will be in the new Jerusalem, which appears to be united with the new earth. In that place, there will no longer be any curse. Hallelujah. No death, no pain, no anxiety, no depression, no turmoil, no COVID or any other sicknesses. No need for artificial light, and God himself will be with his people, visible and tangible. And of course, that's unimaginably awesome. So first, the Bible ends with an incredible and amazing hope to look forward to. Second thing, upon the return of Jesus, there will be those who are on the inside of the city with Jesus, but also there's going to be people on the outside of the city. Unlike the kingdoms of this world, insider privilege in the kingdom of God is not based on wealth or fame or looks or power or birthright or how many Instagram followers you have or how many views your TikTok videos get, but upon grace and faith alone. 
Those who are washed in the blood and sacrifice of Jesus and made clean will live eternally in the presence of God. Those who persist in their sin and reject the King of Kings will be outside eternally. That's sobering. So, secondly, the Bible ends with a division between those who are in Christ and those who are outside of Christ. And I don't want you to miss this division because it's critical to understand that the Bible does not offer universal hope to all of humanity, but hope to those who are saved by the grace of Jesus. And, of course, one might ask, well, why doesn't God save everybody? I think the better question might be, why in the world does God save anybody? And the answer is his grace and mercy. But remember that Jesus often talked about the end of history. And when he did, he often and clearly noted that there would be a division between the people, between the sheep and the goats, between his followers and those who did not follow him, between those who were on the outside and those on the inside. He tells parable after parable after parable of this, and Revelation affirms that truth that there is a division at the end of time. We see it in verse 14. Blessed are those who wash their robes so that they may have the right to the tree of life and may enter the city by the gates. Outside are the dogs, the sorcerers, the sexually immoral, the murderers, the idolaters, and everyone who loves and practices falsehood. And, by the way, I believe that use of the word dogs is metaphorical there. It's not literally saying all the puppers are going to be outside the kingdom of God. Number three thing to see in the last chapter of the Bible, the word of God is not to be added to or subtracted from. Human beings do not have the power, nor the authority, nor the wisdom to pick and choose from the truths of the Bible. There is a strong warning with terrifying consequences in Revelation to neither add more to ultimate truth, nor obscure or take away from it. The whole counsel of God is his word, and we must neither ignore parts of that that might be unpalatable for us or anybody else, nor must we add our own thoughts and values to it. Thirdly, therefore, we see that the Bible ends with a fully loaded warning to not add or subtract from the book of Revelation specifically, nor the Bible itself generally. Verse 18 says, I testify to everyone who hears the words of the prophecy of this book. If anyone adds to them, God will add to him the plagues that are written in this book. And if anyone takes away from the words of the book of this prophecy, God will take away his share of the tree of life in the holy city, which are written about in this book. Number four major thing we see at the end of the Bible. Justice at its most basic is giving people what they deserve, for good or for ill. In a sense, the kingdom of God is built on mercy in that we would all be destroyed if we truly got what we deserved. However, because Jesus paid the price for our sins, we don't have to be destroyed. And that dynamic apparently paves the way for some type of eternal and heavenly reward to be given to those who have used their life well in the service of Jesus. And let me be clear on that last sentence. I'm not saying that pastors or full-time ministers or whatever will have an advantage in this regard. And any and all, no matter their profession, can give their life well in the service of Jesus. And a life lived in such a way, seeking first the kingdom of God rather than seeking first the kingdoms of this world, will be eternally rewarded according to Jesus. Thus, the Bible ends with an expectation of graceful justice and a reward to be given to those who have worked for it in Christ. Verse 12 says, Look, I'm coming soon, and my reward is with me 
to repay each person according to his work. Finally, number five, we've already touched on it a little bit. Jesus is coming soon. This promise appears three times in this last chapter, so obviously it's very, very important. And of course, we remember from our reading in 1 Peter that our definition of soon and God's definition might be a little different or a lot different, but his return is sure and certain and promised. He is coming, and this is wonderful. Finally, then, the Bible ends with a promise of return for us to hope in and wait for. Verse 20 says, He who testifies about these things says, Yes, I am coming soon. So what does the Bible end with? Hope, division, warning, reward, and a promise of the Lord's return and a blessing of the grace of Christ to everyone. Well, let's close with our Bible memory passage for the month of December. It is Revelation 5.12, and it says, They said with a loud voice, Worthy is the Lamb who was slaughtered to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing. Good day to you, friends, and Godspeed.